0: Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus the most efficient organization on the planet.
1: I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby tell I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the register's wrestling writer. And I'm glad you're here. Also glad to have Jason Bryant here with us talking US Open and a few other things. Jason, it is May 3rd. What shirt you got on today? Today,
0: Appalachian State. So hey. uh I was when I started with Avila, which is uh Kansas City, which you know you might know a little bit about. Um, I was like, okay, do I go with B? And then I went through my, my, the three dresser drawers that I have, not the ones hanging up, not the ones in my storage bins. Cause I got shirts everywhere. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go alphabetical order, like ABCD per day. Cause I will run out at day 26. I was just like, all right, let me line these things up. I did this yesterday. I lined them all up on the bed. Um, posted a, a, a tweet about how many brewery shirts I actually have, which is incredibly problematic. Considering all the wrestling shirts I have. I was like, all right, let's just go all my A's, then all my Bs, and all my, I'll do it alphabetically in order. And it's I'm not getting so granular where A V Arizona State was day two. I'm like, oh, you're out of order with the A. You know, doing all my A shirts, you know, tomorrow is going to be Army West Point. Um, so you know, I've got that. And then I get to the B's and I've got, you know, that's kind of my idea because I've I've tried to do things differently the since doing the initial wrestling shirt a day for an entire year. And then, thank goodness, Jim Dutrow took this over because I didn't want to manage it. And he's like, yeah, wrestling shirt day in May. So, yeah, App State today. And this is actually the t- 2017 national shirt. So, it's got a Denzel
1: Dejournet name on it. So, throwback. I've got the – I'm rocking the Greco Nation for Iowa USA Wrestling. Kind of a nod to their junior Greco duels team that won it last year. Um Yeah, I don't have a process. I literally wake up in the morning and look in my closet, and I'm like, yep, we're going with that one. So I think I had Immortal Athletics on day one, and then I just had another like random Rudis USA shirt. Um, It might have actually been a USA Wrestling Hall of Fame shirt. Hmm. Um, So no no particular order for me, but um, I don't know. I never post it. But this year I like I there's a few people that like don't believe me that I don't wear a shirt every day in May, a wrestling shirt. And so like I'm now I'm taking selfies and I'll make like a reel or something afterwards. And so like at the end of the month, they'll be like, Hey, I did it. Here you go. Here's proof. Day thirty one last year, I did a reel of like twenty-eight
0: shirts at once. Like you just Spent like the I entire took them all day. I looked like <laughs> I was like this, and because I was wearing 28 shirts, it's still on Instagram because I have the highlights from last year, and it's like a I've got the Benny Hill thing, and I sped it all up trying to. I wasn't gonna try to take off the 28 shirts and be fatty McGee taking the stairs on this thing on video. I mean, it's just like it was. Yeah, so I had a bunch of shirts that I had left in the closets. Like, okay, last day. Let me try this because I'm I'm playing around with the. I actually I'm not on Snapchat anymore. Uh, because I really just never use it. Um, but I'm trying the t- the TikTok, and I've got the YouTube shorts, the Twitter, the Instagram, the slash tied to Facebook. So uh, it's a little overkill in the same video. But I, and also, like I was, I mentioned to Ryan Warner on the show that we're, I recorded just before this is this is also a month where I'm trying all those things out so I can try different technology with the phone, with the camera, with the wireless slabs, with just trying different things to say, OK, maybe I can in- integrate this into coverage somehow, especially like, fargo so you should uh uh,
1: you need to hire like a social media manager do you take interns with what money (laughs) (laughs) i work in wrestling i don't make any money Uh, oh hey according to various nil deals money money is out there for the taking when it comes to wrestling
0: hey you know what if you want an nil deal like what is it boyd paul hamis like the famous rodeo announcer he gets out there on his horse and does like a PA announcing from the like the rodeos and stuff. He's got like cinch and all like the the gear, the tack. I guess is the term they use for like rodeo stuff. Like he's got that all over. Could I, you imagine me showing up at like the NCAA's wearing like you know big old like Cliff Keen tie, uh, you know, resolite pullover. You know, let me get some uh, Ruta sport coat. You know, I mean, or like you know, I, instead of wearing my Jordans, I'd be wearing wrestling shoes. Like, hey, Grant Turner. <laughs> <laughs> need to start so yeah. let's let's stroke that check for all the nike gear that i get to wear so <laughs> he's he's making me a uww hat so i can wear those at the, the worlds and continentals but yeah hey nil deal i am open for business because uh i'm media i can be bought jb nil deal line them
1: up um I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like third or fourth deck of jb's for nil deals i can tell you <laughs> that right now Um, we just got done watching the U S open this past weekend. You were on the mic. Um, USA wrestling changed up a lot of their world team processes, not a lot, but they just more or less streamlined it, which made this U S open. I mean, it was stacked with talent, man. Um, so let me tee this up for you right off the top. Was this the best U S open ever?
0: You know, recency bias always kind of creeps into this type of thing. And you know, me, I always have to quantify everything with like, no, it can't be uh, you know, as as I'm sitting here at home, one th- real to correct you real quick. I was actually on the mic in Croatia the week before, so I was, uh, I was I was in in, in New Brighton where the weather today is going to be 65 degrees. Nice watching the U.S. Open, so I got the spectator view of what everybody, most of the people, although there was a good crowd there. So I thought from a uh, viewer standpoint, it looked good. I thought from a depth standpoint, most of the brackets were pretty good. Excitement standpoint, of course, yes, we've got the the the, the folk style freestyle truthers out there that want to point to one bad match and say that's indicative of the whole style. I thought the whole weekend was enjoyable. I mean, I'm going to key this on just on the senior level, because I really don't pay attention to the age group levels until Fargo. And then we get to our age group world championship. So a lot of that developmental stuff um, I leave to the, the, the high school experts of the world. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't swim in that pool anymore. So uh, from a U.S. Open senior standpoint, I thought it was fantastic. We had some good storylines. Gable Stevenson coming back, the monster of Murder's Row wrestlers at at women's seventy six, including Adeline Gray's return after having twins. I cannot, I can't even imagine. That's what bananas that's,
1: to think about.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, you know Vitalia Rusia putting you know the you know he already put the country on notice. Now he's starting to put the world on notice. Uh, you know, some, you know, obviously we have our controversy with people hating criteria, but all in all, uh, message boards and Twitter lighting up. So all in all, I thought it was a competitively a really, really good us open. One of the best that I've seen. I, I don't know if it's the absolute best, but, um, from a viewer standpoint, definitely one of the best viewing experiences I've had.
1: You touched on it a little bit, too, just the the number of storylines. Um, I know specifically with freestyle, I know we, we like Greco, uh, but a lot of freestyle name recognition at the senior level probably played a role in this. But the crowd there, that was one of the best freestyle crowds I think I've seen in a non-Olympic year. I mean, is it just exclusively because there's just so much firepower in this tournament and all the different storylines that were going on? And just like, why do you think the crowd was so much better this year than maybe it has been in past years at either the U.S. Open or World Team Trials or, or whatever the case?
0: Uh, you know, when I worked at USA Wrestling from the end of 2009 through 2012, we had the U.S. Open. In Vegas, and then we had it in Cleveland two years. And the thought was, okay, put it in Northeast Ohio. It's close to the wrestling hotbeds of, of Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York. And people just didn't show up. Now, granted, this was also in the binary code rule set of wrestling, where we had a lot of 011010 matches, which was generally horrible to watch. And we were also in a metal funk. So there weren't the superstars when I was coming through 10 years ago. So I think the superstar factor plays a role um people want to see some of these guys now some of it also is how the the format is in the old convention center you really didn't know where the family I mean, there was big expanses of of like bleachers that they wheeled in at this south point place which i still haven't been to uh you've got more of a it's like a, i guess it's a rodeo bowl that's a the second yeah. rodeo reference that we've had today wow um <laughs> So and you see everybody that's going to come sit and watch that usually would be sprawled out on the twenty something mats. Well, they've got the eight mats area that they can come collect in. So there's I believe there's always been a lot of people at the U.S. Open, but the question is, is you don't know how many are paying spectators, and then you put them all together. And we tried this with I think the gold circle tickets. I want to say in two thousand fourteen, and the only reason I remember that is because I was actually interviewing Burroughs right after the, the that epic Burroughs Taylor match where. Taylor cradled him through twice, and uh, I just remember working that one, and that was in this gold circle where they had a big circle and kind of a bowl to give you an intimate feel. Um, I I like the layout, and you can see the eight mats, and the the color of the mats look great. I think visually it's enticing and appealing, and people say, oh, put it in Vegas, put it in Vegas. Well, nobody ever really shows up to events in Vegas until it's like the Olympic trial. So to your point... We really show up well for the Olympic trials. World team trials typically doesn't get shown up. Now we've got Final X, which kind of takes the history out of it. It's like, okay, and I mean, you know, we're not looking at empty arenas and council bluffs for world team trials. Instead of world team, we have, you know, compact events and Final X, which I like, but uh, it definitely seems like how they've framed the event in terms of seating, it definitely gives a better optic unless you're looking at uh, the corners that people like to put on social media where nobody sits anyway. Um, so I, I think I think it's a, a variety of factors. Uh, you, you have a bunch of events going on. So how many of those people in the stands were the, were the kids in the, in the in the showcase events and stuff? So I mean, it, it definitely was visually appealing and having more people in the stands. And I talked about this on the Mattsatt show that I recorded yesterday. Big arenas will draw people because they're they think they're missing out on something. Why do you think there's such a, a big crowd for the University of Iowa? Because it's an event. They can make this an event versus a, a grind i think we got a better chance at uh seeing more people that are going to be going to the tournament just to watch i still think most of the people that are there have some tie to the athletes um i'd, I'd probably say maybe 15 20 percent of people that are there have no tie to the event at all they're just there to watch wrestling and i think everybody else is like a parent or team or coach i mean there's a lot of a lot of a lot of athletes that were there that uh, had a chance to stick around and watch so i think those those factors come into play and who argues about butts in the seats, no matter, you know, how they're getting there? Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, combination of it's 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 pretty cheap to get to Vegas compared to, you know, world team trials were in Coralville. Kind of hard to either get into Des Moines Quad Cities or Cedar Rapids, and it's not very cheap. Um, you know, some of those other Rust Belt states that, you know, a lot of miles in the car, people who are coming all the way from the West Coast, kind of hard to fly in there. Pretty cheap to get to Vegas. Um, the combination of a lot of competitions like you mentioned a lot of age level competitions right because you got U 20 which is like older high school or younger college kids U 17 that's cadet level a lot more high school kids you know those guys have to compete through the weekend so they are going to stick around and, and fill that arena for the senior men's freestyle finals um, it looked like a pretty good crowd for the senior women's freestyle finals on Saturday night and um, yeah,
0: and if you're like a 20 it, year old kid, who's not going to want uh, you want to go back to the hotel and, and take a nap, or you just or, or rest, or do you want to sit here and watch Gable Steveson annihilate a Hodge Trophy winner? Like there, I mean, really? <laughs> it's no, a, you make a what really what good point. About that is the opportunity again, the access to our greats in wrestling really is a lot bigger than it is. It seems like in other sports, and it's like you know, are you going to go to? You know, honestly, I've never been to World Track and Field Championships or athletics as they call it, but like. Is he access to like Usain Bolt? No, you're not going to get access to him. Wrestlers have access to Jordan Burroughs, you know, like crazy. Wrestlers have access to Gable Steveson and Adeline Gray and Helen Maroula. like these, we need to take an opportunity to realize there's a good chance. If you go to the U S open, you can meet one of your heroes. It's not just going to be like in an autograph line. You could actually like potentially walk by him at dinner. Like, I mean, there's in, in our sport, our people are so approachable, so that's another opportunity to parents. Hey, you've got kids that you really want to, that love the sport. If you take them out there and and expose them to the greats, I mean, look at all the people that love to go back to Carver and, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago coming through is like they're, they're diehard Hawkeye fans because they grew up watching Brent Metcalf annihilate people at Carver. So I, I just think that those type of moments really resonate with keeping a fan or creating a fan or making a kid a real just fall in love with the sport beyond their own, uh, you know, personal interest in it in terms of an athletic
1: perspective. Yeah. And I think maybe one, one other thing too, um, I don't know how much maybe this plays a role, but like it's the year before an Olympic year, it's a pretty big year for a lot of these senior level wrestlers, you know, specifically at the six Olympic weights to make a run this year, to try and set yourself up to get to the Olympic trials, to give yourself a chance to make the Olympic team, um, you know, I, I don't know how much that maybe specifically played a role, but like, I know in the back of my head, it's like, yeah, like this, this is a big U S open because of the formatting and everything. And yeah, it's going to play a role in, in ultimately what happens next year. Now there's still a lot left that, you know, still needs to be decided. Like, you know, I think it's December sometime, um, that they'll schedule a senior national championship event that'll ultimately serve as an Olympic trials qualifier, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, can't understate, you know, when when the Olympics are the biggest level and this is a year before the Olympics, how important it is to those athletes. And so everybody wants to show up and give themselves an opportunity, um, which, you know, leads to hopefully bigger crowds if we want to connect the dots that way. Um, so you got the pers- uh, the spectator perspective like most of us did, um, or at least I should say like I did. Uh, most impressive performance in senior men's freestyle. Gable Steveson. You didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> All
0: right. No, no. That's that's the one because he's you know, the time away from actual competition. Okay. There's 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 room shape and then there's match shape, which he uh, didn't I look know, like he missed a beat though. No, that's exactly. the scary. That's part. the thing. It's like where where is this guy been like I mean, who's he been beating the hell out of? I mean, I mean, I'm sure Trevor Bramvold and, and Keaton Cleaver have been getting the, uh, you know, the ass end of some beatings in the Minnesota room recently. Uh, I'm not sure how much he's actually going with Lesnar. If, if, you know, they like the photo ops, but it'd be interesting to see, uh, how much I, honestly, cause I haven't talked to him, uh, beyond some, you know, surface level stuff, like, you know, wh- where is he at with the WWE? How much of this is training in the room? How much of it is, is his developmental stuff, um, you know, there's there's the questions like, oh, you know, all the the, the pro wrestling marks out there be like, oh, see, he's going to he's going to fizzle out. Yeah. But I was like, dude, the WWE has a gold mine on their hands. If this guy goes out and wins a freaking another Olympic title while he's under contract with them. Holy crap. And it's like I'm not saying that pro wrestling is that legitimate world, but it legitimizes the athletes a lot more. It's like, you know, they're not just, you know, old you know football players. It's or, you know, people that have some wrestling background. We've got Olympians in there, you know. Chad Gable, shoosh! You know, we got Chaz Betts and Niko Bogayevich, better known by as their ring names as Chad Gable and Otis. Um, I was on a plane with them a couple of years ago, actually, interestingly enough. But, you know, the the fact that Gable's able to do this stuff while not on the circuit. Now, granted, senior-level athletes don't compete as much anyway, but it's just like, okay. Like, bro, like, Mason Paris is a junior world champion and was healthy this year
1: was the a guy Hodge trophy winner. He blitzed the heavyweight liver. field collegiately and gave huh. ragdolled him.
0: And gwzdowski's a two-time medalist who, you know, is, I think so I don't know if if it was piles or Bray or or Bader that said that might have been his last US loss was was Gwizdowski in that final exit, you know, where he when he lost in in Matt, I think it's two straight there. Uh, you know, I mean, you got it's the heavyweight in the United States has always been really tough. And now it's like you bring this guy back, it's just like I mean, I'm wondering what's going through Hayden Zilmer's mind right now. It's like, yeah, uh, I made my world team. I'm good. Or is, it like, make, make a, is he going to come down to 97 for the Olympics with, oh, let's go with Snyder or Cox to try to make that weight? I don't know. It's like, pick your poison. But he was impressive. Um, looking through Vitaly Arusha, you know, guy's been built for freestyle his entire life, considering his dad was a world champ. He's having um, a career year, isn't he? I mean, Nick Lee and, and, and Jason Nolfe coming back to win those matches. Marsteller and Deeringer, I I wanted more from because, you know, Deeringer coming back with that win over, uh, well not coming back, but that win over Starachi was, was pretty solid. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, ringers back. And then just Marsteller, just so good at match management and just, you know, these guys still got tree trunks for legs. He, he's. He's a little trimmer than he used to be. I mean, he was this guy was like a bowling ball with with you know bowling balls for legs at one point. I mean, the guy's always been a a, a brick shithouse, house, but like this, he looks like he's healthy and he's just his match management is so good. Uh, Aaron Brooks coming back to beat Zaheed. that was an impressive performance. Ma- mock the mayor uh, from you know from NC State and the Wolfpack RTC kind of upsetting the field. I mean, I was uh, you know Nate Jackson was was there by the way. Uh, shout out to the that flow documentary they did on him like with the whole, like, failing the drug test and finding out, like, last year, oh, I'm eligible this day. That was a really good story they did there, uh, worth the 30 minutes of your day. So, I mean, yeah, I think I would have to rate them Gable, Aaron Brooks, then probably Nolf Lee, Marsteller. Well, actually, put Aruja too. So that's how I would probably rate um, how I just was generally impressed with the performances. So,
1: I had a thought about Chance Marsteller, um, you know, and he kind of let, I say us like wrestling media behind the curtain a little bit after he won the world team trials last year, just a fantastic post match interview, just talking about, you know, some of the shit he's been dealing with, um, you know, continues to deal with was dealing with, you know, cause this guy was like the blue chip of all blue chips when he mm-hmm. was coming out, right? Like went to Oklahoma state was supposed to be the next great thing. Um, he went through a lot of stuff and he has come out on the other side. And he is going to Final X for the second time. He took a match from JB last year. Like, even despite everything that he has been through, he has still, you know, if you were to tell us in high school, like, what's this guy capable of? Like, contending and competing with the best that America has to offer to represent the United States at the world level. Like, he's been doing that for the last few years. And that has been honestly, like, even despite everything that he went through, that's been really, really cool to see you know, just the fact that he is still even through all his struggles and the things that he continues to struggle with, you know, now he's got his own club out there. He continues to show up at the biggest domestic events. Like he has still become that superstar that I think all of us thought he was going to be when he was coming out as a high school wrestler. And that's, I I just think that that's really, really cool what he's been able to do. And there's also the
0: family element to it too. You know, it was a lot of people didn't know that Johnny Stefanowitz was his brother for the longest time, including myself. And, you know, uh, you know, and Johnny made the made the Olympic team. And then I remember taking a picture of them both on the mat at the same time at the at the Olympic trials in Fort Worth. And then, you know, chances, mom, Suzanne, has been dealing with some of her own health issues over the years. And and that's another thing that factors in because she's been his biggest fan for the longest time. And, you know, going back to when he was coming down uh, to the Virginia Challenge holiday duels and, and things as a middle schooler and like this kid's like and, and Suzanne's been there everywhere been Fargo, been all over the place. And, you know, she's somebody who also had uh, worked through some of the things. And I think that's helped Chance work through some things. And then seeing both of her sons uh, at at this level compete, you know, for the highest prize in in, in American wrestling is, is pretty nuts. So you've got one making the Olympic teams and one takes uh, about from arguably one of the greatest American wrestlers in history. So it's like, you know, what is it? I was trying to sketch it down. Take, take Taylor's like catch weight or whatever it was, the, the flow card thing out of it. Let's talk like official U.S. competition. Oh, what do we got? Maribel, Dake, Imar, and Marsteller. Are those the only four outside of DT with that uh, the flow match to to take a match from Burroughs? Am I missing somebody there? there uh, that,
1: that sounds about right. Um, I, Dake may have taken one match from him when he was you know winning. I'm trying to think. Did you? Well, put no, he won two at the trials. But I'm saying yeah, those yeah. are the only four Mar- to take matches from Burroughs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought there was a year before the trials where Dake like took a match and forced a third. Yeah, he
0: beat him in. He beat him in Lincoln.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And then um, I think Imar took a match from him in Lincoln as well. It's weird that two of those losses are in in Burroughs old home gym. So yeah, right. So, yeah, that's <laughs> not. I mean, and now we're we're looking back on like that first loss was Nick Marrable at like the Yasser Dogu or whatever <laughs> back in um, when it was a you know wow that's Nick Marable's gonna be a trivia question one of these days.
1: He's <laughs> <It's> not already. <laughs> Um, had another thought. Um, Jaden Cox making the full commitment up to ninety-seven full um, commitment, which <laughs> like, right, full, yeah, with
0: full feed. Holy goodness, he is yeah. his, his legs are trunks
1: more so than I'm mean, like, whoo. he's he's a horse right now. He he, I thought he looked good. He he said he felt good out of the you know out of the finals match when he beat Trumbull. Um, you know, I think he had to actually come back and win that match. But I mean, overall, Jaden just did Jaden Cox things can he beat Kyle Snyder because that's going to be the battle for the next couple of years
0: i don't know <laughs> I, I, th- I think he has all all the ability to the question is is will he i don't think it's can he it's it's will he i mean can he beat him i think there's a there's a good chance that he could uh, can he beat him 2 out of 3 you know see
1: you say that, and what immediately comes to mind is the rudest card in Detroit before that national tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, hey man, like I'm from Kansas City, grew up a Mizzou fan. I'm all in on Jaden Cox trying to do this, but I watched that series because it was the best two out of three series. But it only end, it ended after two matches because Snyder just pummeled him. And I don't know if that's because Jaden wasn't fully at 97 at that point. Or Snyder's just that seven (laughs) now. Yeah. Or just, you know, like what really struck me about that particular series was just holy crap Snyder. Like I like I hate to say that, like I, you know, didn't think I, I don't know. I thought Cox could do it there. And Snyder's performance in that particular, you know, competition made me think, oh, crap. Like I forgot how it sounds so stupid to say, but I forgot how great Kyle Snyder is. And so I don't I don't know, which is why I pose the question to you, because as great as Jaden looked like Kyle Snyder is a whole other beast.
0: I think going into 20, the 2021, 20, whatever you want to call them, trials where Jaden was on that run of of just just destroying the world and not giving up point and winning world titles. It was just like he was he was a trendy pick to upset Snyder. And I don't even know if people were even saying was an upset. I was like, oh, this could be a good three match series. I, you know, uh, it's one of those things. But then. You know, okay the, the the issue happens in Fort Worth. Then he doesn't win the the title's coming on out. He's 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 lost close matches in that regard. It's like, what what is the X factor? Because I feel like athletically they're both you know just amazingly superior athletes. Technically they're both amazingly superior athletes. It's not ability, talent, or desire that's the difference between these two. It's an intangible, and it's 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 going to be something that's like, is it something that's like. And you know, I hate, and I'm not saying this like to to make fun of Cox. My move like, did he cut his weight wrong, or uh, you know, did he have bad, you know, is 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 the sleep wrong? I mean, it's going to be something really, really, really small that disrupts one of these wrestlers' rhythms. That's the only thing I can think of that's going to give one an edge over the other, other than the fact Snyder's been there at that weight and has it's his to lose versus you know it's like he's like no you're not gonna knock me off this mountain or is it you know who's hungry or the guy that says no you're not gonna beat me here or the guy that's like i'm coming for you you know it's it's a great it's it, it makes for
1: a great story it makes your job that much more fun to do right i'm a fan of it like and i and i just hope you know one Jaden makes weight um and two that like that it's like i don't know like that it's fun and i think you know styles make fights Um, You know, so I'm off the top of my head, like Kyle Snyder is a guy that once he gets his hands on you, he is freakishly strong. And so Jaden obviously wants to avoid that, Um, you know, but if you're Jaden, like, how do you, you know, not that Jaden should go watch all the Sadulia film and maybe create, you know, a game plan out of that. But that might be the way you go. Right. Um, You know, or do you just trust your ability to perhaps wrestle from space? Um, the last time or the last couple of times, I think I've seen Snyder lose domestically was against Adam Kuhn, who just out, you know, he was four inches taller and, you know, probably 30 pounds heavier. There's very few people that can out strength Kyle Snyder. And that was at, at the, you know,
0: our, our American college heavyweight weight class. It's not somebody that's his same size. I don't, I, I think the strength may be a push, maybe edge to Snyder based on, you know, just you're looking at the weight room stuff, but I think cox's difference is i i believe he's probably faster uh in terms of you know yes yeah, so you gotta wrestle from, he space. from space but also how many wrestlers have snyder see that look like cox in terms of that the, the way they wrestle because snyder i mean sad a bull uh you know all the, the 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 international 97s are all like bull brooding you know uh, Ota who's he's got a win over him in the past, is just a big, hairy Georgian, you know, big bull. They're all bulls in the China shops, and we've got Cox, who has the size of those guys, but he's faster than all of them. So, I, I think that may be the, the is just you know, he gives different angles, uh, than, than some of the other wrestlers do. He gives different looks, whereas I, I don't think that's gonna be a problem for Snyder getting that type of look because he's had fast guys come in and work with him, but like. I don't know if the Coon comparison is something I would, I would look at because again, you've got a gargantuan giant outweighing you by 50 pounds. That's not going to happen at the Olympics or the Olympic
1: trials. And so then maybe the other example is, you know, and I don't know, along the same lines, I don't know how much stock you put into this, but like, you know, Kyvan Gadsden, pinning him in the NCAA finals, that was kind of a, Kyvin had one, not, I don't want to say Kyvan had one move, but like he went to one move and it worked and it caught Snyder off guard. And like, that's, you know, like do you I, do you want to put all your eggs in that basket? I don't think so. Is Jaden capable of something like that? Maybe, but I don't know, man. Like that's that's I like I don't know. After the rudest thing, my thought is Snyder until proven otherwise. Right, which To spot mean, to lose. Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, that's he's been that dude for dang man, coming up on a decade now. I like, mean,
0: <laughs> was it junior world champ twenty thirteen. Then, yeah, it was like,
1: I remember that first the first senior that was, was like, in 2015, right?
0: Right. Yeah. In Vegas. So
1: I'm just, th- I'm sitting here
0: thinking, cause I had him on the cover when it was the, uh, the 18 months I was running amateur wrestling news. I remember we had him on the cover after winning a junior world title. And remember this is coming through like the start of this era, the Burroughs era, um, for lack of a better term is like, okay, 2011. Then here comes this wave. It was a save Olympic wrestling movement, but then there's this wave of athlete and like winning junior worlds, wasn't a frequent thing for Americans at that point. Um, you know, going back in time to when it was like more of the junior worlds, of course, there was a couple of years in the eighties where it was like, you know, eight, nine medalists because they were in Colorado Springs, but like they're winning a junior world title was rare. And then it just seems like him winning that title. And then here comes a wave of cadet and junior age group world titles. It's like, yikes. I mean, how many heavyweights have we had win junior worlds? (laughs) <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, we've
1: had a lot of heavyweights just win age-level medals, yeah. period, right? I like mean, between Don Gable... Bradley, you know, junior yeah. world
0: champion 08 or something, right? Yeah. Wow, we're going back. Dahmer, that was a long time ago, brother. 08 oh,
1: oh, would have been the end of my freshman year of high school,
0: so, you know. That would have been four years after I graduated from my seven-year stint at that school in Norfolk.
1: <laughs> um, Another thought from Senior Men's Freestyle, lots of Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, Um. which I... I mean, kind of duh, right? But like you had Nick Lee, you had Jason Knolf, you had Aaron Brooks. You're looking ahead to final X. You throw in Thomas Gilman, Zane Rutherford. Knolf has to wrestle Dake. Brooks has to wrestle Taylor. Oh, by the way, that guy Kyle Snyder wrestles there too. Um, like is Kale's end goal here to try and put 10 Nittany Lion guys on the on the world team or you know, take all six Olympic spots? Because dude, he's he's damn near close.
0: Well, right. I mean, here, Mike. Again, that's a good question that I don't know if Kale's ever going to answer because uh, it doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. But when looking at, okay, what else is okay? Um, he's forty three years old as a coach. He's you know G- Gable retired at what forty eight. So from the college, he's got a couple titles to catch up to to match Gable in that regard. He, I don't think he's not going to be able to hit the Big Ten titles. Well, he of, doesn't you know, care about, the, Big but I'm, I'm sitting here. But I'm also yeah. looking at what other things can Kale Sanderson try to do as a coach that will just basically. Get, I don't want to. I don't think he's going to flip anybody off, but give the proverbial or the, the 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 hypothetical little not literal finger to everybody that's wanted to be the greatest coach ever. This guy is. He's got just the resources. He's got the. He's just so different in terms of how he's wired. It seems. I'm guessing. I mean, again, he's he's kind of enigmatic in terms of you know he's his he's very got his close group of people that he talks to, and you know very few people really know how he ticks. I just again taking it back out of the media, so it's just really it's kind of fun to watch when you don't have a vested interest in who wins. You're like, okay, what's going to happen now? Like, what is he trying to do here? Or again, it's like the senior level, the the, the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Penn State Wrestling are kind of hand in hand. The best are going there. We're seeing kids out of the transfer portal go to Penn state. Well, we're seeing world champions leave where they're at to go to go to state college and train. So there's something he does that makes it enjoyable, makes it peak at a high level. I mean, they get, they never look flustered when they get down. They're not afraid to give up points. It's
1: not all like the, three of the U S open champs for Nittany lion. Lee, Nolf Brooks came back in the second period to win their finals matches.
0: It's like a fearless ad. It's like, Hey, I've been in this position before. So uh, you know, uh, it'd be great to get a lot more peeling back the curtain to see how things actually tick there. But that's also maybe some of the mystique is he is a little bit more guarded uh, about the, the styles and techniques because I'm looking at all those people. They all kind of train, at least wrestle different styles. It's not like, you know, Pat Popolizio recruiting six-foot-three wrestlers because he's six-foot-three or something like that, whereas he's got a certain style that he teaches. Now This is a, a you know, a very good cross-section of styles of wrestling that you're really thomas gilman's not gonna i mean granted lightweights and heavyweights wrestle different anyway but you don't i mean is it a mindset is it is it the 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 weight training is it just the attitude i don't know but like is the end goal that's a good question like um that's gonna be nuts could they put x amount i mean the army had pretty much most of the greco team at one point but it's like i there's nothing i've seen that's in the era of multiple clubs, because there were sun-kissed in the AC, which dominated for so many years. So it's kind of hard to say, has this ever been done before? Well, just like college wrestling, there are eras. So I don't know what he's doing. I think it's fun to watch, though. There is a... When we get to the senior level, I don't care what clubs win. When we will get to the world level. I care about one country winning. So, there's
1: a... there's If this was an Olympic year, put it this way. If this was an Olympic year, already in the Olympic trials finals, 57, they've got Gilman. Uh, 65, Nick Lee is there. He'll wrestle Yanni. 74, Nolf versus Dake. 86, Taylor vs. Brooks. Snyder at 97. The only weight he's missing is heavy. And I don't know if he'll ever reel in Gable, but like Greg Kirkfleet is not bad either. And that's connect uh, world champ, you know. Yeah. You know, so he's like World Champ, he's good. NCA finalist. Um, you know, they like it's I don't know. It's it's insane. And you can see the trickle down effect because we watched him sweep up the transfer portal essentially. Um you know, this past year, they, have you know, they're going to continually score 140 some points at the NSA championships. Kids want to go and be in that room, mm-hmm. not just because of the talent there, but like you said, the diversity of styles and just like the, elite, I, obviously they're all elite level wrestlers, but they all give you different looks, different feels. And like, that is, that is going to be a very hard room program to beat, not just senior freestyle, not just, I mean, just between senior freestyle and, you know, division one wrestling, like it is. I don't see them stopping anytime soon, especially with all the recruits they've got coming in, not just through the transfer portal, but like, you know, 2023 class coming in, 2024 class, they've already got some studs. They're going to get some guys out of 2025, probably like this. And I, I, okay, so I pose this question to Willie. I'll pose it to you now. It's not really a question, more of a curiosity. I just kind of want to know how they cut the pie in terms of one, D1 scholarships, because it's only nine, nine. And then two, like, what are all these dudes getting paid? Like Minnie <laughs> Lyon, you know, like, and I know he's got millions in the bank because he's got great boosters, Kale. But like, I just kind of want to see how the pie is cut. You know, he's just, also a financially pretty savvy guy. Like, there's, there's,
0: you know, you've seen some of the moves he's made over the years. It's like, okay, yeah, there, this, this he's set himself up on so many different ways, and it's not just the Penn State money. I mean, he's he knows what he's doing, so uh, he 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 doesn't get. The credit for being as, as smart as he is in that regard that he should. So, um, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, the problem also is with Penn State, as from a journalist standpoint, they're not under the FOIA. So, we can't actually, because they're state affiliated, they're not a state school. I think it's like them and Pitt, I don't think have to um, deal with FOIA requests. So, throw them all at the wall. They're never, you're never going to get their coaching salaries. You're never going to get, uh, you know, institutional budgets and stuff through that realm unless they want to give it to you. So, I mean, it's just like kids and parents when they move to a better high school, let's let's go back to the Penn State. Like, people zoom in and, and go there. In Virginia, people moved to Great Bridge because that had the the club with the most resources. They had a lot of money coming in through fundraising. They had the best schedule. They had a crazy, psychotic, good coach. So, you know, you had all those things like, yeah, people want to go there because that's where you win. That's where you get college scholarships. Now, you have Penn state. That's where you go. You want to make world teams. You want to win NCAA titles. It's not a hard formula to figure out. Apple Valley Minnesota, any powerhouse program that's had transfers in at the high school level. It's yeah, it's just a, a little smaller version of what you now have at Penn state. Although you don't see it as much in college because everybody's a good recruiter and you've got, you know, stars everywhere coaching. But um, I want to kind of dial that back to one question. If we go back in time, we didn't have social media when the Hawkeyes were on their streak of nine in a row. What was the wrestling world thinking? With Oh, this is bad. All these titles are bad for the sport. The Yankees, the Hawkeyes, the, you know, who? some other, you know, UCLA, Patriots. the Celtics. Like, those were all bad for those sports. I don't know. Having a dynasty to knock off is not bad for the sport. Hopefully... Um, we don't get to the situation where administrators are lazy and and do things the old way and say oh well we can't compete we're done or we lost our two-time all-American because he went to a better place we're done well I mean you can only offer the best of your your resources so the best are going to still always going to go where the best is this is not a new concept
1: yeah no they dynasties have almost exclusively existed in wrestling when you look at Oklahoma State and Iowa now Penn State Minnesota had years Oklahoma State had Years then and now, right? Maybe not as recently, but I mean, you know.
0: they won in like the Paleolithic era or something like that, right? That's how long. Well, they won four.
1: Years, right? They won four in a row from what? Oh three, oh seven.
0: Right. I mean, and Minnesota had that run where you know they had a couple in the in a row there, but. I mean, we're talking five, six, seven, eight in a row. We don't get you don't get that too often in sports. You really yeah. don't, especially yeah. with the changeover. Oh, because I remember it's like, oh, when Ruth and Taylor are gone, eh, they're gonna come back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, okay. And again, I say this not caring who wins because my alma mater dropped wrestling. I could I could care less who gets their hand raised at the end of the day. I just want to see good wrestling. Yeah. So you know, like I, I said, think, I'm not saying this from a from an anti anybody perspective or a pro anybody perspective. I just sit back and I can enjoy watching this all unfold.
1: Final thought on senior men's freestyle, reeling it all the way back in. Um, just bummed it for it was great. It was, good. It was great. It was good. Um, but my good. final thought, um, just bummed for Spencer Lee. Um, you know, came in looked pretty good. Um, Clearly struggled a little bit in his last match at 9-4 over a guy that's all American caliber. Um, Didn't wrestle a semifinal means his freestyle season's effectively done this year. Um, I just want the kid to get healthy. Um, I also want the kid to be able to walk when he's 30. That's kind of big brain thoughts because the kid's just dealt with knee injuries since Mm -hmm. Nam, it seems like. Um, I just feel bad, like just kind of a bummer.
0: I'm looking long term because I think people like Spencer Lee are going to be good for the sport long after they're done competing, unless they are so fed up with the sport, they hate it and they are never going to be seen around it again. That to me is actually more detrimental to wrestling than him. Never wrestling for a world or Olympic medal is hint. I worry about, and we see it all the time with people that are jilted by wrestling. They're like, I You know, I, I did it for so long. I hated it. I, you know, I hated it. I I was good at it, but I hated it. And then once they're done, they put their shoes on. They step on the scale for the last time. You never see them again. And how much knowledge and information can people like that, that leave the sport forever, impart on our next generation? it's And it's the superstars that really uh, you have to worry about because where do we see, like, look at the, the high school coaches across the country. They're like D2, D3, D1 room guys a lot of the places. They're like, they love the sport. They're giving back to it. They don't have that it's been a job for so long type of thing. And that's what I worry about about some of these, these superstars is it's become a, a bear so long. They just want to be done with it. And, and you know, okay, this is what I have to do because that's what I've always done. Um, I love the fact that he's got the Pokemon discord and all that other stuff. I mean, I I love the fact that he does have interests outside of wrestling. That may be the, the balance that he's got that maybe it's maybe, maybe we overanalyze this more than he overanalyzes it. So um, you know, it's which all is just, which is
1: absolutely true. Like yeah, him and just, I all him all and all I have had conversations about that. Yeah.
0: But yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I I think one of the coolest things, the one of the few wrestling videos my daughter will watch is like, hey, can you play the video of the wrestler walking out to Pokemon again? You know, that's like <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> pretty dope. Is you know, is, is 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 he gonna end up going up to Comic Cons, be like, yeah, NCAA champion and Pokemon play? Like, that's cool, man. Let's 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 find a way to make sure that wrestling doesn't I mean, he's chewed up a lot. Let's make sure we don't spit him out. That's the thing. I I want we want to keep people like that in the sport. There's a lot of information that they can have and an impact they can have that we haven't even realized yet. I just want to keep those. You know, I want to keep everybody in the sport. Ultimately, it's just people like that. You you never really you haven't seen them at their best since they were 15. You know, and you you really like the what ifs and the what ifs bother athletes at every level for years. For you know, Super Bowl, the the guy who dropped the uh, the touchdown in the end zone against the uh, the. The, the Steelers, the Cowboys tight and Jackie Smith, I think his name is like he for years regretted dropping that ball, you know, it, you know, let's, let's make sure that, you know, wrestlers, you have instant regret because you lose it. And it's like, you know, only, you know, four people at a weight class end end of the year in the odds. So one guy ends up on top. I just, I just want to make sure we keep guys like that in the sport that have a lot more to give beyond what they can give on the mat.
1: Could not have said that better myself. Um, just as someone who has been around Spencer for the last six years. I mean, that guy is phenomenal wrestling mind, um, phenomenal just wrestling, a phenomenal asset for the sport of wrestling. Like that kid like genuinely loves it. Mm -hmm. Um, even despite all the injuries, which really go all the way back to, you know, I think his first junior world title. Um you know, I, I, he dealing with a shoulder thing and then it's been literally a knee thing every year since then. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I hope he can get healthy. I hope he can, you know, both physically and maybe a little bit mentally as well, just to gear up. Cause you know, season might be over now. Um, uh, mm. but that, you know, December senior national championship is going to be here in a blink. Um, and so I just, I hope he takes the time he needs. I hope he does what he feels like he needs to do to get ready for that. Because, you know, I don't know that from you know ha- getting the opportunity to cover him from up close for 6 years i don't know that we've ever seen spencer at his 100% best um which is a frightening prospect considering <laughs> how good he's been um but i hope someday that we can see as close to the 100% version of spencer lee whether that's next year during the olympic run up or the quad after that at some point. Um, Cause I think I, I just, I, for his sake, I just want to see him healthy and happy and, you know, wrestling and, and enjoying wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not that he isn't, um, but I think there's another level there that he can tap into that. Maybe he hasn't yet in a while. Um, that's senior men's freestyle, senior women's freestyle, the big prevailing takeaway. There's a lot of young women's wrestlers in this country that are, really good like u.s open champs or contending for u.s open championships really good um audrey jimenez katie gomez um michaela beck finally broke through one u.s open title uh dugo um who's been uh, dealing with all sorts of crap after iowa westland shut down Your she's done nothing closed but- down <laughs> and she's done nothing but win really since then that is so crazy I want to um, know what
0: her phone call list looked like after that happened because um I was she talking. She said she to, got
1: calls from like fifty different schools.
0: Yeah, it's like you know, and and she said she was at a clinical. Like she's clearly got bigger goals than wrestling. Like this is like somebody who's clearly got. Uh, I think you would put academics and career ahead of her wrestling goals, and her wrestling goals are pretty high. And this is just again surface level stuff from based on what I've read, but it's like, wow, but. I want to go back into some eras because I was talking to some uh, some some of the women's wrestlers from the early eras of wrestling about the high school kids. Because back in the day, I remember the 2004 Olympic trials. And, you know, you know Mary Kelly was in high school or just coming out. She was young. She had been a high school athlete, Caitlin Chase in that era. They were high school kids that were making national teams. And then we had a rush where the depth and the growth of the college women's wrestling system started going. And soon then the high school girls were like, it was rare. It's like one every quad would maybe make a non-Olympic weight or, you know, you'd have a, a 19-year-old one year out make a team but because it was dom- – you usually you have the women that, that take the weights and it's like two or three that will just trade off or one will dominate. You know, you don't have, you know, uh, an 18-year-old coming in and just like, whoop, mine. And then it's like, whoa. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> the depth – uh, it is definitely interesting. I mean, Jimenez, was, by the way, could they have found a taller person to present the women's awards to? Because I don't know how tall Katie Gomez and Audrey Jimenez are. They're not.
1: But they're not tall. They're not. They're tall. not. But I mean, you know,
0: give them five feet. Let's be let's be OK. Say they're five feet tall, whatever. Um yeah, they found the, the the guy that you know from from like the 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 G League or something to prevent. He's like, yeah, I'm six ten here. Let me get these awards to you know they come up, they're coming up to this guy's waist. I just thought it was the optic was like, really? Can we find like Sarah McMahon to give these awards out <laughs> or something like that? But um, but as far as the depth goes, that's one thing that's cool. And and again, the youth movement seems to come. But again. When they're in that grind, they're also going to be seeing each other again and again and again. And I've also found that, like you, you, you come on the scene, you're new, you don't have a lot of film yet, uh, you you can surprise people, you can explode on moves, like you know, like when I remember when uh, Victoria Anthony hit the scene, people knew she had the inside trip, and even now through her senior level career, people knew she had it and she was still hitting it. But like that was just deadly when she hit some of those senior level athletes for the first time. It's like. She was quick. She was just dynamic, she just great motion. And then, boom, she hits this, oh, I'm going to tie up with you. Oh, but I'm not going up her body. I'm going watch this. Whoop! I mean, just like moves like that uh, first time through. I think, you know, when you get more seasoned, that's when the, the veteran, the the old, I don't want to say old man strength, but the, uh, the veteran, the wily crafty veteran stuff comes out. And, you know, they're now they're no longer going to sneak up on anybody. So it's it's a blessing and and it's and it's a curse all at the same time because it's exciting to see a next wave of athletes coming through. At the same point, it's like, OK, you've tasted success really, really early. Um, I'm going to hate to break this to you, but you are going to not always have that success. And you you're you're on the, you're senior level known now. You're never going to sneak up on anybody again. So enjoy it now. Well, and I think the most
1: impressive part, too, is that like, you know, there are wrestling tape and wrestling film is more available now than ever before. And a lot of these girls, Jimenez, Gomez, Kennedy Blades, didn't even touch on her, Um, Michaela Beck, (gasps) like all of these, all of these girls have been on age level world teams. And so there's a lot of film out there on them.
0: And you you say girls because they're still girls. They're not even, eight. you know, some of them are not or or maybe just barely 18. So, you know, technically you have to say women, but like. There are still high school kids that like they're they're high school they're kids. Like, yeah. Yikes! And then you've yeah. got you know adult you know uh, grown women like you know we say this in sporting a grown ass man well grown ass women out there. Yeah. That, like you know Alan Gray had twins. it <laughs> got a teenager
1: wrestler. I think came back and wrestled he. in the U.S. Open finals. Yeah. yeah. There's just there's just these the, like these women have been well known for a while. Like they've been on the come up. We've had a lot of success women's freestyle at age level world championships cadet and junior levels the last. Two, three years. And yet they still just stepped up to the plate and for most of them knocked it out of the freaking park. You know, if they didn't win it, they were right there in the mix, either the quarters or the semis. Um, you know, the couple of weights that have to go through the world team trials process, those are gonna be, you know, meat grinders like 76 specifically, 76 oh my, kilos.
0: That that may be is there a deeper weight in the United States across any of the senior level styles than women 76?
1: Is there a deeper weight? You could maybe only because of how much age level success, uh, heavyweight for senior men's freestyle. Um, I know 61 men's freestyle was pretty deep, but I mean, no, like when when Kylie Welker, who's a past senior world teamer, takes fifth, fifth, and she and she uh, coming back from injury, she's still Sydney working Kimber her way is back. a four into
0: time sh- collegiate national champion, was eighth,
1: yeah, like that's. Yeah, like it's, it's really good. It's really good. And yet Kennedy blades just like was the hot knife and the rest of the bracket was butter. Like Yelena pinned a world champion at the world cup. Yeah.
0: Finished third.
1: Yeah. Like, ugh. it just kind of is what it is. I, yeah, I don't know. Like really fun to see just the, the youth movement and, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes because it's like, you know, congrats, Audrey Jimenez and Katie Gomez. Now you got to deal with Sarah Hildebrandt and Dom Parrish. Yeah. Like, good luck, you know, like what is final X going to look like? Um, you know, I believe they're both sun So, you know, Mark Perry is going to have those women ready, but. Um, that guy you know. knows how to coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that is like Especially
0: that's freestyle. My goodness.
1: Yeah. So like, that's, you know, who's going to come out of 76 to Russell Kennedy at final X. Um, you know, adugo has got a Russell Kayla, Kayla Tector at last year's U S open. So that'll be interesting to kind of see there. Jay Cato has done a fantastic job with, with her and all the other, former Iowa Wesleyan wrestlers who I believe the vast majority of are, are going to follow into William Penn. Yeah, right? Like what? A,
0: do they call them the stateswomen on the women's side or they just all go by the statesmen?
1: I hope they go by the stateswomen. What is that, Oskaloosa?
0: <laughs> is that what that is? Is that where that is? Os- that Oskaloosa, now? yeah. Os-
1: Oskaloosa. Oski, yeah. Yeah, so
0: we got, uh, you know, and there's a tie there because uh, Kamarudin Usman went there for a year and
1: Nate Angle went there hey, for a year. There you go. The senior women's freestyle coach of the year for USA yeah. Wrestling, I believe. You like how Nate I tied Angle. that in? There we go. There we go. Um, uh, also
0: other things that jumped out. Um, Sochi mota Pettis, if she you know, this is somebody who's got probably the biggest toolbox of crazy high
1: explosive moves. Uh, yeah, you talk about like wily veteran savvy, like she'll but just she's
0: also had that like I'm gonna pin Allie Reagan and then be up eight nothing and get decked kind of situation. Like, like she's got so much good stuff to get her to piece it together, if she's wrestling consistently, like we're not, you know, wrestling mistake free, but also wrestling free at the same time, like she's a real tough out for anybody in the world. So uh, I'm, I'm curious if she can sit there and be like, okay, is she going to be a real threat to knock somebody off? Um, Cause she's got stuff. You just can't really prepare. You don't see stuff like that on the women's side that much. I mean, you see, So, you know, you see flash, you know, Helen's got those, those crazy foot sweeps and, you know, Adeline's had five big, you know, five point throws over the years, but I just, you don't see that just Holy crap, wide open. I'm going to drop you on your head type stuff. Dude. I feel like uh, we see a lot of that with,
1: yeah. Well, in the same vein, Kennedy blades is similar. Like she just, she is such a freak athlete that like, you know, she, I just clean hip movement. Really, like really fluid. Like, I feel like some of her age level years, she was still trying to figure out how to wrestle. Like now she's pairing that natural athleticism with really, really high level wrestling technique. And it is frightening because like she ripped through the deepest weight and it, she made it look relatively easy at times. Like I know there were some moments and she still has some moments in matches where it's like, what are you doing? Like just step on the gas. Cause when she does, it's, Oh my, like, I don't know how you stop that storm. Like there's mm. just, you know, like this, I, her U 20 best of series, best of three series final with Kylie Welker is a perfect example. Like Kylie wrestled a sensational first match until the last eight seconds when Kennedy was just like, I'm an athlete and I can do this. And she just two and two real quick. And that was the match. And then in the second match, she like remembered the last eight seconds and <laughs> the match was over in a minute. And it's just like, I don't know, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do against an athlete like that who not only knows that they can do it, but knows how to do it in so many different ways. It's just incredibly impressive.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just again, shows the development uh and the investment. I don't want to say development, the investment into the women's program because you've got, you know, Mark Perry's got guys that are gonna, you know, training there to try to make senior men's world teams. Well, guess what? He's spending that much time, and I and a credit to our coaches who are are part of these clubs that make that investment to to women's wrestling, and, it, and it's not just you know it's a mantra you've seen uh, on social from like other other women's sports, like especially women's uh, the women's national team uh, when we talk about soccer for example, but it's like the invest in women's sports you get good results. So we're seeing wrestling vet inv- and these clubs invest in women's sports we're seeing the colleges invest in women's sports especially wrestling we were we were slow adopters on the women's wrestling side let's not let's not just give ourselves all the credit on this stuff because we were slow adopting women's wrestling as a society so but now to see you know these generation 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 i mean there are kids born today that were not There are wrestlers born today that are competing for senior world teams that were not alive when the first u.s women's team step on the mat at the olympics in 2004 so they are growing up in an era where women's wrestling isn't always just been uh accepted it's been you know it's been on the olympic program so we, we have another culture of athletes coming through that you know a lot of those battles were fought for them and they are now reaping the benefits of having the same access same opportunity and the same high-level coaching and you see you know we get we talk about the benefits of wrestling for for everybody. Now, now really you're seeing it on the athletic side too. It's not just, okay. It's the, the fighting through adversity. You're seeing people like Kennedy blades coming through and then, you know, the the Gomez and the Jimenez coming through. They've all they've ever known is they've, they've been able to wrestle and then to get coaches like this. You know, I think one of the coolest things I think was Sarah Hildebrand talked about how cool it was being coached by John Smith. It's like 20 years ago, that seems unheard of. And the fact that we're there and then our, our, our greats are sitting there putting time in. You know, Jen Page Rogers at, at Nittany Lion. You know, uh, you know they've got a uh, Mexican world teamer there, uh, Jane Valencia there. So it's like it, it. Kale's doing it too. So it's like you've got so many resources for the women they have now that they didn't have, and there's still the ceiling. We haven't even hit the ceiling for for women's freestyle wrestling. And, and I'm glad you brought up Michaela Beck earlier because you know her dad Scott's been a patron uh, of my network for a while. Uh, fun guy. And Michaela's somebody that discovered wrestling in high school. And has chased this Olympic dream. You know, Relentlessly. Going the college route. Went to Iowa. Now it's like, you know, she's somebody who you just see her win and you're like, wow, when Maya Nelson won a junior world title, Michaela Beck was not even sniffing the ladder. So you see the development, you see the desire, the passion these athletes have. The same way, you know, you see them all wired. The, the, the socks are tucked in to the sweatpants, just like we used to do. I barely did it. But the, the point is, is they're wrestlers and they're getting the, it's just, it's, it's really refreshing to know that the NCAA has got an emerging sport. The NAI has got a championship sport. And then you you see a Mark Perry in the corner. You see a Kale Sanders in the corner. You see a Jake Varner in the corner for these, these, for the women's thing. It's like, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Clarissa Chun, who's been, you know, the trailblazer of all trailblazers when it comes to women's wrestling, you know, women's and girls wrestling, right? Like she was the first state champ at the first state to sanction girls wrestling at the high school level. And then she was one of the first scholarship athletes at the first women's college collegiate wrestling programs, right? At Missouri yeah. Valley. And then she was on the first Olympic team and she was a world champ. And now she's the head coach at the first D1 power five school. And they've had a tremendous quote unquote red shirt year between the handful of competitions <laughs> yeah. that they wrestled like that's just, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to watch. Um, and the U S open was just a really great reminder of just women's wrestling is in a really great place. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and so it was, it was really kind of fun to see the continuation at the U S open because, um, you know, I paid really close attention to the women's national championships too, which was U 23 national championships cadet and junior world team trials. That was an awesome event. Um, And then to see the carryover to the U S open too, which was, they were literally two weeks apart, less than that um, for some of those athletes, just really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, That was kind of my big prevailing thought on women's freestyle. You got anything else?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. We've kind of skirted over Adeline's return a little bit because I think that was talked about a lot, but
1: you know, so impressive, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and she was, you know, a couple of those matches started slow. I mean, she was, she got down early to, to Sydney Kimber and then, you know, did Adeline things. And, now the Diamond Guilford match was. She may one have of gotten. She got may have gotten a
1: gift there. She may have gotten a gift there.
0: Well, um, and thing here's the thing: there was a lot of talk about the step out, the caution in one being thrown around very liberally at the U.S. Open. I did see that. I noticed that. I thought they were calling it too much because a week earlier, I'm in Croatia at the European Championships, and last year in Budapest, when I sat in on the officials' meeting and heard you know Antonio Silvestri and Ibrahim talk about how it's going to be called, and they gave specific. Situations with Zach Ertz showing the video, and it was English, so I understood every word of it. And it's basically like you know, the backs to the center, you're going to get the caution of one. A backing straight out with no intent to circle in, you're going to get a caution of one. And Diamond Guilford is so good, but I feel like there was a little breakdown in. I don't know if it was, I don't know, I, I don't know if it was a coaching situation, if it was a, just a, a a brain fart situation, or just somebody, yeah, you know, she got tired, or I don't know because it was kind of hard to argue those three step outs and cautions based on what I saw at the Europeans, not based on what I saw at the U S open, but the way I saw it. And here's another one that also makes it interesting is when you're an official, when you call that caution to one the first time and they confirm it, then she goes at again, you, you kind of set yourself up. If you'd have white paddled the first one, you could have probably given the second, the second and third one a ding, And then, uh, but when they got two cautions, you're like, and she just went straight out. I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch because uh, Diamond, and in, in, again, from a personal situation, really got to to talk to her of some last year's Worlds and just a fantastic uh, person. But just like, you know, you take the personal side of it. It's like, man, like, uh, and seeing the rule now, because I, I think that step out was actually called probably closer to how it was at the Europeans than it had been called at the U S open. It seemed like the U S open. They're like, Oh, somebody goes out of bounds. Oh, we're going to offer the caution to one. No, that's not the intent of the rule. It's not every time you go out, it's two. It's like, you have to be running away. There is, I mean, if somebody just, the action goes out, Oh, I'm in the zone. Oh, I've stepped back. Okay. Yeah. You could probably get away with that. Wait for the judge or the the chair to throw it up there. But I don't think you need to, to offer that every single time. The second and third times after you've offered it the first time, kind of hard to not offer it when you gave it the first time and it was confirmed. So remember, the chair has to confirm all that stuff. So yeah, it was a gift um, in terms of like, you know, I don't think there was any any hijinks or politics at play there. It was just you know, you make the call, you stick with the call and the call is consistent the next two times. Granted, it was 12 seconds total match time, right? So it was, it's not the best look for that rule and it's not the best look for freestyle wrestling, but I felt like they called that, sadly, they called that correctly. I think, just again, yeah. I saw it all. And here's the thing all week in Croatia, you know, at the Europeans, I didn't see a whole lot of cautions and ones after step outs. There were not that many. They're not being that thrown out. It's like if you're running away, you're going to get hit. But if you're, and if you back straight up, you're going to get hit. But if there's a fight and at the last second you kind of bail, they're not, they're, they're, probably not going to hit you with it so i think uh casey and zach and tucci probably need to have a another rules refresher before uh or, or the training in fargo like let's get this right before we hit or or actually probably have to do it before final x because uh i felt like and i spent a lot of time with officials now grant i'm not an official but i spent a lot of time with him and i ask a lot of these questions so i do feel like that some of the 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 whistles were calling it uh, way too liberally. And maybe that's sometimes you have a problem with these large tournaments where you don't always have your best crews all together. Uh, you will have your best crews all together for Final X because that's what they do. But I just feel like it was, I think the caution one on the step out was offered way too liberally compared to what I saw in Croatia.
1: There were a lot of them. That was one thing I did notice. Um, You know, and especially like, you know, obviously the Adeline match is going to be like, yeah, like the Adeline diamond match is going to be front and center, top of mind, right? just because of the way it ended. Um, I don't mind that they called a lot of them because if that's what they're doing overseas, like, you know, the people that are contending to represent the U.S. at those, you know, at the World Championships and, you know, guys and gals that go over to those overseas tournaments, I think they need to be ready for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's I agree. A fair point. I agree with you that it's just, it's, it's a rough way to win. Diamond had wrestled really, really well for five minutes um, and just, nah, Yeah, like it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's by the book. Yes.
0: I don't think she makes that mistake ever again.
1: I, man, I hope not for her sake.
0: (laughs) Let's hope not. And and, and to circle back on the, uh, the positive with Adeline again, that's, uh, you know, she's been one of the people that have been very marketable about, you know, what wrestling's done for her and then, you know, strength of women, uh, you know, obviously winning the six world titles, the Olympic silver. And what's, what's interesting is I was. In Croatia, let's go back to this to tie this together with Adeline. So she wrestled Aline Rotterfock in, in the finals of the Olympics from Germany. Aline was doing the broadcast for the women's freestyle at the Europeans with Sean Kenny, you know, native Iowan. And so we are in the car leaving. It was a long break one day. So uh, I see Aline. We're getting a ride uh, through the by the way, Croatia did great. We're getting us transportation. Well, that day was the Croatia rally, the the rally car race throughout Zagreb. And they had a lot of the roads closed. So it took us, what's normally a 15 minute ride, it took us about an hour and 15 minutes. Ooh. I got to my announcing perch eight minutes before we started the semifinals. Well, I'm in the car with Aline. So we're talking a lot about it. And she just had a baby. So, and we're talking about Adeline and, and the weight classes and talking about um, Yasim and Adar and other, you know, um, at my wrestler, she's, she's wrestled over the years. And I was kind of curious, like, you know, how strong they look or what are their techniques and, and, you know, who she likes wrestling, who she doesn't like wrestling. And just, you know, we had an hour to kill in a, in a, in traffic. And she goes, there's, she said, I don't know how Adeline has come back so fast. She goes, I'm done. She had one and she's like, I'm done. And had twins. And it's like, I don't know how she does it. I can't, I'm trying to think that, um, Ad- Adelines are too much younger than a lean. So, I mean, and she's, you know, too much further. She's like, yeah, I still work out like in practice, like, you know, coaching and whatnot. And, but she's like, I don't know how
1: <laughs> she's, she's a freak. I don't know how she does it. So she's, she's um, a, she's a superwoman at all. Now, the
0: question, yeah, how is, how is her training? She's got, you know, so that's a way they'll have a trials. Then before they get to final So she's going to have to be on the mat again soon. So where, how much of the gap can she close from what she's used to competing at? It's that that Casey used to could. She would, was so good at doing this stuff for so long and now you have to she, nobody's starting over from square one but to move back to that that level of where you're you're not just competitive but you're dominant again uh, and then you have to contend with Kennedy Blades who she coached at Wyoming Seminary and who she's talked about like I really don't want to be wrestling long enough to have Kennedy Blades come through this way class or something to that effect so uh where's the adjustment come so I'm I'm curious to see what what crafty veteran moves she makes to say, all right, kids, uh, it's, I'm still trying to win that Olympic gold medal. Wait your turn. So yeah. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm anticipating what her her. I don't know. I don't even. I don't think it's a strategic change because she doesn't really need to change her strategy. I think it's just getting her back to what she's used to competing at that level. Like not mentally, but I think physically, getting getting. I don't because I can't speak from any level of experience on knowing what pregnancy does to a human body. So you're not getting any any insight there. So I'm just wondering if that's something that you know she's going to go through, and she's doing it for the first time. And I'm just really curious on what adjustment she makes uh, to 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 not get down eight nothing to Diamond Guilford and have to worry about a, a Kennedy Blades. Oh, she's you know Kennedy's is waiting, but like to get through a Yelena yet, who's extremely extremely tough and a Kylie Welker. So, whew, yeah. I'm really curious on what she, how she's going to respond.
1: Uh, final, final thoughts on senior Greco. Don't want to forget our Greco guys. Uh, um, no, I have a couple, I have
0: two, three thoughts and I'll circle on them. Oh, actually probably four quick ones. One, I think the, the big talk in the lead up was, uh, Alexander Kikinov, the, uh, Belarusian import. That's so I'm cool. then I'm older than him <laughs> by about six months. He is in, he looks like he's so, he looks so much older than I do yet. He is in much better shape than I. It's like, <laughs> he's arm throwing people. And just like this, the guy's been a high level athlete for a long time. a matter of fact, we were at the same world championships in 2009. Like, I mean, this is a guy and his kids uh, coming through. It's going to be freaking gnarly. And then he gets to wrestle
1: Kamal Bay. He, um, he competed at the 1996 cadet Greco world championship sat out to Andy Hamilton for that fact. Like, Whoa,
0: like this that dude, was before like, they stopped Cadet Worlds and yeah, started like, them up 10 years later.
1: Yeah, like this, this dude has been around for a while and he came He's to the not U.S. He's wrestling
0: open. masters.
1: <laughs> this dude. is like the Open. And the crazy part is like he ripped through the bracket outside of, you know, seven, five in the quarters over Ravon Perkins and then Kamal Bay in the finals. But like the dude was like working people like it was impressive.
0: That was impressive. Uh, another impressive. Point was i remember I, I texted timmy hands and again I, I said earlier that i really don't pay as much attention to the age group guys until they get on a world team so i wasn't watching a lot of the u20s and the u17 stuff in the previous years and i was like robert perez like timmy who the hell is this kid i mean I'd RP-3. Seen his name, but i don't, didn't yeah rp3 i didn't know much about him other than a result here and there like literally uh, I have not done a deep dive into Greco. Now, granted, all you need to do is go to fivepointmove.com and you will learn uh, the third grade teacher of every American gre- Greco-Roman wrestler for the last you know 15 years. Uh, so his performance was impressive. I mean, Thielke's an Olympian and a guy that's won multiple, multiple world medals. A guy knows how to win. So Dude, that was 60, impressive.
1: 67 Greco was a fun weight period, because RP3, 8 over Jesse Thielke in the final. Filke carved up the bottom side of the bracket. But the top side of the bracket, you got Sancho, one seed, returning Olympian, right. Um, he goes down to Joel Adams in the quarterfinals, high school senior from nearby Omaha is going to Michigan cadet world champ. Um, shout out Georgie Ivanov. Holy. Yep. The best wrestler be the best. (laughs) Um, you know, and Joel gave RP three, a heck of a semifinal match. Like that was, you could tell that there was a little bit of a gap there of a guy, you know, RP three, who's been doing the Greco thing for a couple of years and Joel, who, you know, he's going to go to Michigan, do the folk style thing, but like clearly Greco credentialed, um, a little bit of an experience gap there, but like, dude, like that was a fun way.
0: Yeah. And uh, Sancho, Sancho got lit up a little bit on social for his, his bird after the match, but Hey, you know, <laughs> it happens, but yeah, you're number one. So uh, yeah, Joel Adams was definitely the, the him and him and kicking off were the talk of the, the, the early parts of the brackets. And then we get to the finals. Uh, I, I think, where was it? Where's it? Yeah. Colton Schultz, dude, he made it look so easy. Yes. And Adam Coon's a world silver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, again, Adam Kuhn has not been wrestling as high level as Colton Schultz has for the last few years. I'm sure Adam Kuhn has been in the room for the better part of a year because I don't know when his NFL stint stopped, but like he went all in on that NFL thing. He was at a couple of different camps. Now he's back wrestling full time. Um, but still, like that is, I mean, Adam Kuhn beat Colton Schultz. Like he swept him at a Final X not too long ago. And then Colton Schultz just decides, nope, like my time. Yeah. And lastly,
0: this was probably the part that made me the happiest because earlier in in the month, I was looking at one of these these marketing things. I was like, "Hey, why don't you go through your 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 text messages and scroll to the bottom and text people that you haven't talked to in a while just to say what's up?" You know, kind of you know, it's a networking thing, you know, reaching out to people. So on the bottom of that list was Joe Rao, and this is before I went to Croatia. And I texted Joe like, "Hey, man, been a while. Just curious what you're up to." Uh, you know, one of those, you know, uh, no pressure hit me up when you're back. Oh, Hey, good to see you. You know? well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chat next week or something. And then I go to Croatia, I come back and then I see Joe in the brackets and I'm like chow with Rao, chow with Rao. I love Joe Rao for several reasons. One, he is a super funny guy. Uh, two. He, he lived up here in Minnesota for a bit when he was training with the Storm. Three, the Chow with Rao, the food. I mean, he's a foodie. He had this tree thing for a while on Instagram. It was pretty funny. <laughs> he was like a budding arborist. There's like a double joke in there. Uh, and and then, just he's a D three guy. This is a guy that placed at the Midlands in college at Elmhurst. He was never placed at the state tournament. Went to Fargo at two fifteen. Won it as a senior. Like this is a guy that like again he's made world teams at eighty kilos. He has been up and down the weight classes trying to make the world teams uh, had his Olympic trials cut short in a really, you know, controversial manner. And, and he he took his shoes off there, probably not how he wanted to do it. And then he had said in an interview, Herb house and, you know, USA Greco's had a lot, a lot of problems in terms of their leadership structure uh, the last several months. There's no sugarcoating that. And Herb house this um, guy I knew when I was out in Colorado Springs, he's been around uh, the army programs. He's, he's lived in Colorado Springs for a while. His kids wrestled at, at Coronado, so wrestling family, and he's been back in the system for a bit and talked Joe into coming out. And um, Joe Rao that can eat is a happy Joe Rao. And Joe <laughs> Rao that can eat and a happy Joe Rao is a wrestler that's going to, I mean, it wasn't close at the weight. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's just he, I, you know, I don't know what it, what his medal chances are. We'll take a look at what he's going to do at the Pan Ams coming up this weekend. But, like, Joe Rao wrestling makes me happy. Because Joe Rao is a happy person. And when Joe Rao's happy, wrestling's happy. It's just, you know, and, you know, he put out a tweet like, or ah, I gotta go find some steaks. And I've been to one steakhouse in my life in Las Vegas. And I'm like, <laughs> still to this day, it's the best steakhouse I've ever eaten at in my life Gallagher's in New York, New York. And I sent him a text. I go, add a boy. He goes, yep, I wanna get steaks. I go, Gallagher's, New York, New York. He goes, all right, I'll check it out. On the way later, later, the chow with Rao gives me a shout out for the suggestion. I'm like, i did a good thing <laughs> i care more about joe and joe, joe and brian graham and those guys enjoying the steakhouse recommendation because i was it's been 2008 was uh no 2009 vegas uh, it was actually it was a weird dinner it was me steve foster scott casper and jim hockstrasser at dinner that was one of the stranger steakhouse moments of my life so uh that's how i knew it, it was the best steak i ever had and i'm glad that happy happy Ch- chow with Rao got the benefit from from a recommendation i had via text message so that's the uh, roundabout way of putting myself into that story
1: that's awesome no he <laughs> he looked really good um what 40 i allowed one point all weekend and it was to nick boykin in the finals um you know and that's a weight that's up for grabs right because jangel hancock went the wwe route as well um, yeah, you what know, is I, his
0: name in the WWE
1: right now? Hold on. Let me, let me Google. I that. don't, I don't follow the scripted wrestling stuff, so I have no idea. Hey, I'll I watch. I, dude, WrestleMania is now two days. No, thanks. I I'm,
0: I'm good. I'll pass. Oh, Dude. I, I watch it once I watched Royal rumble, WrestleMania. And every now and then summers, I think I think the two events a year. Cause I've got Peacock anyway. So it's not like I'm paying anything extra for it. Would I pay the 59 99 for, for what it used to be? so? no, but now I've got Peacock. It's like, well, I'm paying that much for a whole year and watching Yellowstone. And yeah, it's a nice little value added. Plus, you can watch the NXT stuff with, uh, you know, Jacob and Drew Casper. And then, you know, Damon Kemp, who is uh, Bobby Steveson. So hold on. g G-Angelo Hancock, wrestling name. He is going under the ring name of... Where does this he
1: go? Is, this is great oh, podcasting. Yeah. Tavion Heights. Tavion <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a play, it's a way to make money. And we got Greco, Bets, Bokojevich, Hancock in there, and Greco guys. Never gonna knock
1: a guy for going to get their own bag. Um, just WWE is just not my thing. So I wish them all the best. I
0: I grew up watching it, man. Hampton Coliseum, you know, bunkhouse stampedes, NWA country. You know, it's kind of hard not to remember those days, but I can't, I can't invest three hours twice a week to watch it that's too much that's yeah. I, I
1: i don't i don't Plus invest the, anything AEW
0: so. has got you want to watch all the old people again you watch AEW it's just like yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of pro wrestling out there that's and it just i'm more nostalgic give me give me up to about 97 and then maybe some of the DX era and then I'm good but i think that's where we end the end the wrestling you know, the pro wrestling discussion on this show ever
1: <laughs> well that was really i mean i don't know we kind of ran through all the the notes that i had from the US Open there were some other things that um you know maybe we can get to on another show just more wrestling media related but any other final thoughts on the us open before we sign off here we've been going a long time
0: no it's that's pretty much all i got i thought it was good to back to circle back to your very initial point yeah it was probably one of the better ones i remember Uh a lot of storyline. again we just glanced over some but we didn't even get a you know we spent a lot of time on men's freestyle but we didn't even scratch the surface of all the cool things that went on there um again women in greco have so many storylines and that's one thing that wrestling fans I always implore you do you know learn learn one more new thing about somebody you or a style you didn't know I mean that way because uh as I touched on the Spencer Lee point there's so much knowledge that we have to impart let's just not pigeonhole ourselves into like I like folk style over freestyle uh Greco's boring ah uh, you know women's wrestling blah, blah blah all the all the hater Aid no let's just let's just be open-minded and learn about something learn about division two wrestling learn about division three wrestling learn about the 150 women's college programs we've got right now none of those existed 23 years ago remember that this is this is a sport you can jump in on the on the on the ground floor and watch it grow and blossom and bloom on so many different aspects it's not just the iowas and the penn states and the iowa states and you know for you guys there in the the great wrestling state of iowa the great beer state of iowa too is just there's so many ways that we can look and learn about this sport take the time to just Just do that a little bit each day, each month, each event. Learn something.
1: That is an excellent way to sign off on today's show. Big thanks to you, JB, for coming on and chatting some U.S. Open stuff. We'll be back eh, sometime next week, um, maybe with more JB, maybe not. Um, We might get him on um, again later this month, uh, maybe ahead of the World Team Trials, maybe after the World Team Trials, since that's, you know, we're in the month of May now. Um, wearing wrestling shirts every single day. But until then, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register. I don't want you guys to miss anything. JB, where can people find you and your work? At
0: matttalkonline.com. I am back on the podcast train, recorded one just before this. It has been since January since I re- re- recorded a short time. Ryan Warner from Wrestling Changed My Life just dropped the Henry Cejudo Experiment six-part series. I've done a podcast documentaries. I've listened to a lot. Of, this one is his best work. And if you liked his stuff, you're not going to be disappointed. And it's it's bingeable. Put it in a car on your way to your Saturday freestyle tournament. It is it's the best thing he's done. It's at least my favorite that he's ever done. That's my favorite that I've heard in wrestling. So, and that even includes the ones that I've done that I thought are pretty good. Like this is the best thing I've listened to when it comes to a wrestling podcast documentary. And we talk about, you know, how he set it up. A lot, of, a lot of inside baseball because he's done uh, Blood Round. He's done a couple shows since then. But i uh, talking about the gear, how he sets up he builds up his structure and schedules and you know goes out and gets interviews, what surprised him and where he had to, to take tangents and stuff. So it was a really good conversation. Uh, so that's MattTalkOnline.com. The Short Time Wrestling Podcast will be returning with more frequent guests throughout the summer going to do some stuff from Fargo because I've been there 23 straight years. There's, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day. The only thing more constant in my life than the 13 years coming up that we've been married has been Fargo. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So that's what we got. So MattTalkOnline.com. I'm on Twitter at Jason M. Bryant. Daily wrestling newsletter that you can sign up for free, including getting all of Cody Goodwin's stuff, at least when it's not paywalled, uh, at MattTalkOnline.com slash news. Sign up for free. It's presented by Resolite. Shout out to uh paul and matt gilbert for the long time support of that you get it every morning emailed to you around 6 a.m central time uh, if you want to wait a little bit you can get it probably on the web later but that is a patreon exclusive if uh you don't want to get it on so it's free if you sign up through the email or you can do it through the patreon whatever but uh, yeah matt at jason m bryant on the instagrams and twitters hashtag wrestling sure today in may app states today i think army west point will be tomorrow
1: you can find links to all of that. I don't know what shirt I'm going to wear tomorrow, but I'll I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll figure it out because uh, we're repping Greco Nation. Uh, but yeah, you can find links to connect with me, JB, everything else, all of that good stuff in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.